Welcome to the Defence Forces podcast brought to you by the Defence Forces Public Relations Branch. Hello and welcome to the Irish Defence Force podcast. My name is Captain Rishthar Byrne and today I'd like to welcome onto the show Sub-Lieutenant Fergus Monday, Navigation Officer on the LE James Joyce, Chief Petty Officer James Lahive, Coxswain of the LE James Joyce and Able Mechanician Brian Malloy, crew member of the LE James Joyce. And in today's episode, we're going to discuss the recent Naval Service diplomatic mission to the United States and Canada. So you're all very welcome, gents. Thanks very much for having us on. Morning. Very much. So before Morning. we get into the actual <clears throat> diplomatic mission, I might just go around the table and just give me a quick intro and bio for yourselves and give a bit of background. So Fergus, if you want to kick off yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you say, I'm the navigation officer on Eddie James Joyce. I joined the Navy in 2016. I was 19 years old and um, I'm six years now in the Navy. Uh, in that time... I've served on uh, three or four of the Navy ships, uh, been to the UK, been to France and been to Spain, all on the uh, Navy ships. And now, of course, I've been to America and Canada. Um, on top of that, then, too, I would have spent a lot of time in the National Maritime College of Ireland uh, studying for my degree in nautical science. Um, well, between then, between that and everything else, uh, six years in the Navy, um, now currently navigation officer on Eddie James Joyce. I've been there now for about six months. Um, and just back from the foreign deployment that you mentioned to the US and Canada. Excellent. So then Chief Petty Officer James Lahive, so you're the coxswain on the ship, so you're the most senior uh, NCO on that ship at the moment. Yeah, so the, uh, so my role is just basically uh, admin and discipline mm-hmm. and just re- talking with the captain and the XO, making sure things run smoothly. Um, I'm in the Navy for going on almost 20 years now in February. Um, my background would be gunnery mm-hmm. um, and seamanship. Um, before I joined the James Joyce, I was teaching the recruits and uh, the NCOs course, potential NCOs, so young fellas to become junior leaders. Um, I've served on all the ships um, and I've served uh, down the Med, in the Mediterranean, and a lot of different appointments uh, ashore. And I'm recently now uh, appointed out to the James Joyce as the, the coxswain. Excellent. So then, Brian, then you're an able mechanician. Um, so can you tell me about a bit of your background and when you joined the Navy? So my background is I joined back in, I think it was 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. I'd done 18 months in the military. I left to go home for a year. In that year, I realised that it wasn't something that I wanted to stay down. I went back to do construction mm-hmm. back home and it just wasn't something that I played out. It was always in my blood, from bloodline, from family members and everything, mm-hmm. that the military was there. So it was more something that, yeah, I had to come back down to the Naval Service and just pursue my career here and see how far I can go. Uh, my role on board on the LE James Joyce is the mechanician, as you said there previously. So I'd be part of the engineering branch. Mm-hmm. That would be all to do with the engine room, getting fuel, fresh water, just sustaining the ship in general. Yeah. From all from your domestic spaces and stuff like that. The previous previously I served on the William Butler Yates. I was out there for about a year and now I'm out on the Ellie James Joyce. Excellent, excellent. So what we'll do is we'll kick into the we'll have a look at this diplomatic mission and um but first Fergus you might talk to us about what these diplomatic missions mean, just to to explain to the listener that might have had ever heard of it, like what's it about, they're gonna maybe a bit of history about it or, or the importance of it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh the real essence about these diplomatic missions is that uh we would deploy to different cities around the world in support of the Department of Foreign Affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and in particular, this one uh, where we went to Boston, Portland and Halifax, um, we were really there trying to enhance uh, the already very, very strong Irish uh, and American and Irish and Canadian connections that were there, um, both in in business and in 
uh, everything else that's there. Um, huge Irish connections in Boston in particular. Um, but basically what we were doing was that we were there as a platform uh, for the Department of Foreign Affairs to host their functions. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we, we would have an event on board the ship uh, where anything up to 150 people or that would come on board um, for a networking evening where we would have uh, food, drink, and a couple of speeches and a couple of uh, entertainment acts on board the ship and everyone would be able to network and come together and have a good evening. So basically, that was the idea um, that we went to these three ports and... Um, Nearly every day, or at least definitely every second day uh, in some of the ports, we would have hosted these functions um, and, and hosted them very successfully. So I suppose it's important that you're kind of a, a manifestation of Irish, Irish foreign policy. You're nearly uh, everything in name but, uh, but ambassadors for Ireland when you're over there. Absolutely, absolutely. And that was our our prime role, was to uh, facilitate the, the connection between Ireland here at home and the Irish uh, community abroad in these three ports. And as I say, in terms of business, in terms of diplomacy, and in terms of family connections and people like that and heritage, there's huge connections between Ireland and these three cities. Um, and we saw that in spades. Nearly every single day we were coming up, coming across people who would tell you, oh, I have uh, relatives from Connemara, I have relatives from Bantry, I have relatives from Wexford, this kind of thing. Like, and you'd be hearing that all the time. Um, so massive connections and also business connections too are huge between Ireland and these uh, these countries because um, a lot of the business over there and a lot of the trade between Ireland and these countries, uh, especially in America, would be on the eastern seaboard. Um, so that's where the, the connection between Ireland and Boston and Ireland and Portland is so vital. So I assume, assume in Fergus and Brian, was that your first diplomatic trip? That was, yeah, that was my first. Uh, I'd been to Liverpool and I'd been to La Coruña in Spain before. Um, but very pretty much on overnighters. Um, nice. Basically arrive there for for a small port visit for a bit of uh, R and R rest and recuperation, and then leave again. But this was my first time ever on one of these long term. Was your first time, Brian? Same as yourself. Like it was even uh, it was same t- first time ever being in the states. Even right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it was great to even great adventure. even get over. Like I said, I joined in 2019. We all know what happened then. COVID-19 hit. Mm-hmm. Everything was locked down. There was no missions and stuff like that. We were doing test centers in Galway and Dublin, but that was about it. So mm-hmm. it was great to come back from re- re-enlistment and actually go on a foreign trip then yeah, and actually yeah. get to see the world. Like something Excellent. anyone would ever dream of doing. Like mm-hmm. It was great in that aspect. So not sure trying to show your age now, James, but this, <laughs> this isn't your first trip. <laughs> no, this isn't my first trip. Um... <laughs> I'd be known uh, the Med, as mm-hmm. I said uh, earlier, um, where we got to visit the likes of Malta, uh, Malaga, uh, Italy. So these were diplomatic missions, not on no. Uh, these this the was UN missions, uh, this was the UN. Well, to was Operation Pontus okay. yes, yes, when we yeah. went down for the the, the, the migrants. Um, but pr- uh, previous to that, um, I was in the Med on uh, diplomatic okay. missions as well, where we went to um, Greece, mm-hmm. Croatia. Um, and Malta as well. Um, also, um, just back as well, we were in Vigo in North Spain. Uh, the James Joyce was out there, mm-hmm. and then I went over to the Samuel Beckett, and I went to Vigo again. <laughs> so I'm kind of like uh, a globe trotter on the <laughs> ships. And I better not say that because they'll probably ban me from going anywhere. <laughs> <Yeah. all that. laughs> but uh, see, we don't want to have them here. You yeah. see, so we send yeah. them away. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, I've been on a good few, uh, nice. like with Liverpool. Um, France, um, Scotland, we, we've been all over. Mm. Really. And these were trips that were um, we used to do every year. Mm-hmm. So uh, pre-COVID-19, like we would go on these diplomatic missions, we'd go around and uh, you'd be looking at the ships mm-hmm. to see what ship was getting what, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And sometimes you'd try to angle 
that would be your next <laughs> yeah. deployment would be to whatever ship was getting what we felt was a good trip yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean um, and you'd go out there so they're starting to come back in now thank God slowly but surely and um, it was great it was yeah. a great experience and again you didn't have to pay for anything <laughs> that was the more important thing so suppose then we'll we'll actually de- delve into the specific trip. So you had four to four or five weeks, uh, kind of going from the states into Canada. That be right for us? Yeah. So overall, it was uh, four full weeks plus a few days at the end because okay. we were today coming back. But uh, four full weeks, one week transiting across, and then two weeks um, for the three each of the three uh, ports that we visited, and then one week back. So then did you go from, from Cork here to the, the base? We did. We left here uh, on the Saturday, the 2nd of uh, September, left from Cork here and went straight to Boston. Um, and that took us eight days. We arrived there the following Saturday mm-hmm. and um, pretty much uh, was a very straight line running across the way. Um, a couple of storms. Uh, it is hurricane season over there and we were doing our best to try and dodge the weather as much right. as we could. Um, but basically arrived then in on the Saturday um, just to a complete wash of a reception. Like, we were really, really blown away by the reception we got when we got to Boston. Some navigation officer, you got them across safely. Yes, yeah. I did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just about. Just yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they say just about, but I, I, I invited them to, to give it a go at, at various stages, but they, they all said no, Alexa. I always say, if you can strip and assemble a weapon, you can do anything. So, <laughs> so then, right, when you're coming into Boston, can you explain to me, because I haven't been on these trips, I haven't, I've seen a bit on social media, can you explain to me what's it like coming into, into Harbours? Well, um, my role as the coxswains, I, I'm on the helm anyway, uh, mm-hmm. driving her in. Um, but we were met by the um, the Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were met by the, the Boston Police. Um, and we were met by the, the Fire right, Brigade, right. Uh, where they came out in their boats. Right. And they met us, and they escorted us in. Excellent. Um, and as we went in, the there's a hotel over there um, where they had a big, huge tricolour hanging down. Huge, as we were talking about earlier, it was mm. probably the biggest tricolour I ever saw, right, and yeah. it was hanging down, so you couldn't miss it. Um, and the welcome we got over there was phenomenal, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Uh, one actually said to me that the further away from Ireland you are, the more Irish you become. Oh, yeah. And I think <laughs> yeah. we saw that when we went to Boston. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Uh, and in Portland and Maine as well. Like, so it was actually. Brilliant going in there. And yeah. the weather was beautiful. Right. When, yeah. when we yeah. went over, it was scorching. It was scorching when we went over there. So the weather was good. And we had a couple of boats come up alongside <laughs> us. And uh, party boats that were in around that area yeah. that were blown away by us coming in. You know, So a big grey ship attracts yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's obviously there's massive connections with the Irish over in Boston. So you obviously seen it when you came in. There was the, the nearly guard of honour of ships and there was the tricolor. Mm-hmm. So you obviously had a huge reception. They knew you were coming. Like, oh, they did, yeah. They loved the Irish over there. It's huge. Uh, before before we left, I was given a brief here on the base about uh, what we were doing over there. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of doing a bit of research before before we left. And um, we're just kind of looking through the history of the Boston Irish connection. Like, and I looked, came across a map of the uh, percentage population of Boston of the different nationalities in the year 1855. And uh, South Boston is a predominantly Irish uh, Irish area of the city. Mm-hmm. And it was something like 75% of the population in 1855 in South Boston was Irish. Yeah. And, that's, and then the rest of Boston too was, was fairly high density population. Mm-hmm. So there's huge Irish connections uh, between Ireland and Boston. A lot of those people too would have went on 
uh, to have been big, uh, big players in the construction industry and the building of uh, roads and bridges and infrastructure around Boston have done very well for themselves. Mm. And there's still a huge connection and a still a huge cohort of the Boston population is Irish. So it was really great to see them all over there. So you're going to like that from my brother, like my brother went over there a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. walked there for six months like and he said even before I was going over I was asking him oh where's good to go and mm-hmm. where to just give us a guide like and even he says like there's massive amount of Irish over there yeah, and they're yeah. so welcoming and they're so yeah. heartwarming to yeah. the Irish over yeah. there great to see him so you, could, you seen that welcome you got in full force yeah. 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 so you, could, you were coming in then into Boston where where are you birthing or where are you coming alongside are you right downtown or where are you we are I'd say money couldn't buy the area where we got uh, it, <laughs> oh was, it was brilliant like we were we were right in the downtown of Boston like as as James was saying earlier on that uh, that flag that was hanging out of the hotel like he, we got up every morning and the view was of the of the skyscrapers and everything in downtown Boston it was really perfect like mm. um and anything we wanted to go to uh, in in the city itself was only a ten minute walk away. Like mm-hmm. um, I remember one evening walking back to the ship, and there was a hotel uh, not far from where the ship was. And I remember just kind of walking down, kind of just uh, keeping to myself, and like just noticing uh, parked outside the front door of the hotel was a, a Lamborghini car. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be big into cars, like, yeah. but like I was like, good God, like if there's a Lamborghini parked outside this uh, hotel, like what's the story here? And then I rounded the corner again, and I got down to the berth where the ship was. And next thing, this massive super yacht was parked in front of the ship, Boy, uh, just to give an indication of like how what sort of an area it was, yeah, and a helicopter stuck on the back of it. And next thing, our ship then was next to it, like so. <laughs> it was proper, proper, like uh, pr- yeah, 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 stuff, stuff that we'd never. Know normally see kind of thing yeah, like, and yeah, it was, it was yeah, really yeah. nice to be there like so then um so your birthday you got your welcome so then your actual job and your function over there then so how does a day-by-day work or how what's your routine during the day so um in the morning everyone that morning everyone was up um our first uh job was to get the ship ready for the functions that were going to be happening so putting up uh, the marquee and mm-hmm. um, getting that up um getting the ship squared away and then what would happen on a normal day is there was different watches. So we had uh, the Judy watch mm-hmm. and then we were open to the public. So the, there was people on tours oh, um, and then we had the functions that evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was busy, but the functions were finished at nine o'clock okay. and everyone got their time off. And if you weren't required for a tour or you weren't required for functions, you were off anyway. Okay. So we had what was known as what we would call an open gangway. Mm-hmm. So they could come and go every all day if they wanted the crew to. Yeah. The yeah. crew, the yeah. crew could come and go. They had plenty of time off. So the majority of them went shopping and sightseeing during the day and uh, eating lobster. <laughs> so <laughs> lobster rolls are a big thing all day. Yeah. So when in Rome was the was the attitude yeah. to that. <laughs> so they were eating the lobster and whatever the case was. But um, yeah, so that was a normal day to day. So you're busy. So you're either prepping the ship or on duty. You're doing a tour, yeah. and was the whole was the whole ship open for the tours, or will you get many people in, or was it? Yeah, there was the whole ship upper decks yeah, and the yeah. bridge were opened yeah. uh, for the tours, and it was great because at the start, people the the crew w- would kind of be reluctant. They didn't really, you know, they, if they thought they were down for a, uh, a tour mm-hmm. or that they were down for a function, they they kind of you thought they were walking, but then they realised. <laughs> But then they realised the reception they were getting, the people they were meeting, the yeah. stories they were telling them. Uh, they were queuing up to do the tours. Yeah, yeah. They were queuing up to go to the functions. <laughs> so my hands were full that way. They yeah, tried yeah. to balance our books out all the time. But it was. Uh, so then, w- when you say function, just what, what's involved? Are you is it communities you're invited on the ship, and is that through DFA or foreign affairs, or how, how does it work? 
Yeah, so the Irish consulate in Boston there would have been the uh, organizers of that. So they would have organized a couple of different functions. Uh, in Boston, we had one every evening uh, for different groups and different cohorts to, uh, to come down and host a function on board. So uh, for the days that we were there, we had the... Uh, Boston Irish Business Association hosted a function. We had Enterprise Ireland hosted a function. We had um, the Irish community uh, of Boston and, and friends hosted a function. And the Irish ambassador to the US hosted a function who uh, Ambassador uh, O'Byrne is, is just new in the job. And uh, it was her first uh, public outing since she's been appointed as ambassador to the US. Um, her first public outing was the function on board the ship right. yeah, yeah. Uh, that evening, which was a very interesting day because... Um, Owen to the ambassador herself being there, there was a lot of uh, very uh, high-profile guests also arriving, people like the police commissioner, mm-hmm. uh, high-level politicians and high-level military people around the place. Um, and on that same day, President Joe Biden was also in Boston. Nice. Um, so you'd be talking to a lot of them and they'd be saying that uh, they had met Joe Biden that morning. like, And, uh, and then they're, they're on your ship. And next thing they're on our <laughs> ship that evening. And, like, and, and I, I find it very impressive. But then mm-hmm. as the night went on, everyone was really really enjoying themselves they'd be walking off then later on even they'd be leaving like and a few of them would come up and they'd say uh i had a brilliant day i met joe biden this morning mm-hmm. and it was wonderful but this has been the highlight of my day to be Quite. here this evening like <laughs> and it was really really good like i think that out of all the functions that we had that was a really really enjoyable one and everyone so, took a lot from so it the like. role you played is, is like it's hugely important yeah when would i ever think when i was a, as a young man i'd be shaking the hands of yeah. these type of people like ship's crew are mingling in amongst the guests as well like yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah the way we uh we worked as i said the first function they actually did volunteer at the start but it got to the stage where (laughs) you were have to try to tone it down and say lads you can't go up to every (laughs) single one you know what I mean but they did and they actually made my job very easy so Mm. as Brian was saying there it was great for young fellas to Mm. go and meet the ambassador and the chief of police like when the when, when could a young fellow turn around and say he met the chief yeah, of police yeah. and he talked to he he talked to them all as he was talking like we're talking here mm. just general chit chat yeah. um very relaxed and they enjoyed it so the way the functions would work is you'd have uh, a few people that would uh, crew members that would work as staff we'd mm-hmm. say and they'd be in the bar serving the drinks or serving the wine and then we had crew members then that would go up and socialise. Yeah, yeah. And excellent. It was phenomenal. So you're like your representative not only of the Defence Force and the Naval Service, but of Ireland as well. Ireland like, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's great yeah, opportunity. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. What was your favourite, Brian? I'd have to say the functions, more so than nothing else, because I know for tours, you're still walking around showing them the ship and stuff like that, but then for the functions, you're able to have the crack, you're able to have the laugh at them. Mm-hmm. Like in saying that we were getting to meet the Chief of Police, the Coast Guards and we were exchanging coins and badges and stuff like that just like well a coin is what they, that's what they call a coin over there it's just like a little medal right. and I give all mine to my old lad now but it was just like there's US Coast Guards there's Chief Police there's Fire Department ones it's something that you'd, Great you'd get, never yeah. think you'd ever have like memorable than that and elsewhere I can walk into the house now and I'll see that sitting on the mantelpiece or something like that and I'm just like that's great do you remember that like you know what I mean yeah, yeah. So look, so was there any kind of, so you're obviously working hard on the ship, busy days, then was there a chance to get off the ship, go to get to see kind of the city, to see the town? Yeah, the, we, we went to Fenway Park, where was home of the, the Boston Red Sox, the so there was, well, yeah. there was a, a tour there for us, so we went up there and we got VIP treatment. Um, something that stood out to us was the history of the stadium, one, and how it, it came about, um, but the normally holds about forty six thousand, I think, is what he said. Um, 
and he said to us, he asked us a, a tour guide, asked us a question. He said, would you know how many people, the, the max amount of people that were in here, do you know what it was for? Um, and we thought uh, the Boston uh, versus New York. Yeah, the New York the series, or, yeah. Um, He said, no, it wasn't that at all. So we were saying, a concert. Was it a concert? Because he showed us all the different people that played uh, there. Mm-hmm. He said, no, it wasn't that. He said, it's close to the home. So we were saying, uh, was it uh, a hurling Rolling match, game, a football? <laughs> and he said, no, no, he said, it wasn't that either. So we were all wondering what it was going to be. He said, the most it ever held was in around 55,000 people. And he said it was for uh, Eamon de Valera when he came over to give a speech and address the Irish community. And they have it up in their um, memorabilia wall, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. That picture is up there of Eamon de Valera speaking to all the Irish community over there. That just shows the connection. That, 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 that was a big yeah, connection yeah. over there. It blew us away. We, yeah. You know, it was one of the standout points of the tour. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. We also went to Harvard. So we got a tour of Harvard and we learned about Harvard. And there's a couple of very no. interesting stories uh, with Harvard as well that blew us away. Yeah. But again, when you went there, because you were Irish and you were off the ship, you got the VIP tour. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, the treatment we got were was excellent. So Boston was really... Well, I would have said it was my best no. port that I right. went to anyway. Yeah, was yeah. Yeah. Because it was, it was the first one, and we were all excited and yeah, everything. Yeah. And yeah, it set you up for... The adrenaline was rushing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was great, in fairness. And did you see any kind of baseball game, or was it just the tour you got in, Fenway? Uh, we went to the tour. Um, some of the other young lads went to a baseball game, and right. some went to... A, I think there was a nice hockey game on over yeah. there as well at the time. So they went to that as well. So they got their time off. So that was a fairly hectic five days in Boston. Is there anything that stands out to you that really stands out for Boston to yourselves? Yeah, yeah. one thing that really stood out to me is that, uh, I don't know if many people know this or not, but when these uh, Irish naval ships go abroad, they're technically still Irish sovereignty when they're docked in places like Boston and Portland. And when we were docked in Boston, um, a lot of people were coming in on and uh, you'd be telling them that you're technically now on Irish soil, having an Irish pint of Guinness. And what really what really stuck out uh, for me is that particularly in uh, some of the older members of the Boston community who came on, some of them might never uh, get the opportunity again to come home to mm-hmm. Ireland. So it really meant a lot to them when we told them this, uh, that they're sitting on, or they're standing on Irish soil, having a pint of Guinness. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, the, the, the pride that, that came upon them then after that was, was really ma- remarkable. Like, and it's something that like sticks with you long yeah. after you leave it like a real real special moment for them it was yeah, yeah it was huge like um because as i say a lot of them uh could be looking down the the next couple of years of their lives and they could be forecasting that they're not coming back to ireland ever again that they're in boston now uh and and potentially going to be buried in boston so it was really really nice to be able to to provide that for them and, and to be able to help them some way in that yeah. so it must it must felt actually great being there seeing this kind of irish com- connection irish community yeah. So everything from entertainment to little special moments like that. It must have been a, a great, a great like that five days must have been very special. Oh, it was a great trip. Um, there was another uh, story that stuck to me there was that um, we had a, a leading com up here, um, Tommy Johnson. That's a, a comms operator, is it? Yeah, yeah he, he, he played. Uh, we actually do a tournament there, a soccer tournament here every year, um, the Tommy Johnson. Um but he passed away while he was serving here in the, uh, in the Navy. Um, and this was years ago, just before I joined the place. And um, his sister came down. She lives in Boston. So uh, one of our crew members there, Sean Roach, would have been in contact with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came down and they came on board. And they're all Irish over there mm-hmm. still. Um, she's the welcome. 
Yeah, yeah. They gave us and like they were overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. you know, that we still never forgot them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You know, that's within the defence forces. We all stick together and Mm -hmm. we never forgot them. And she was delighted, you know, that we, uh, Sean had touched, uh, reached out to her Mm -hmm. and told her we were going to be there and come down. And that we wanted to see her, and she came down, and she got a fierce reception. Oh, great! So really delighted. Yeah, 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 really nice. So that's that's that was some, that was some five days. So so then from from there, then yeah, there was a transit. Obviously, then is the, ne- the next stop. What was that? The next stop then was Portland and Maine. Right. Um, so we would have left uh, Boston at about eleven o'clock in the day, and the next morning, then at about seven o'clock, we'd be making our entrance into Portland. And like on the way into Boston again. Although it's a smaller scale, it's a smaller city and things like that, uh, we got a brilliant reception. Same again with the fire boat, the police boat and the, the customs boat, all flying the tricolour, all coming out to meet us. It's almost like when you're going in, you think these, these are going to crash into us, like when they're yeah. coming out and they can just circle around you and come in behind you like and you, and you proceed in. And the same again, the the Boston Irish Heritage Community um, or the Boston Irish Heritage Centre there is, is a huge a huge organization of people who connect mm-hmm. Ireland to Portland and they were all standing there on the on the on the pontoon waiting for us um so it was really really nice so was your your, your kind of role then in Portland Maine it's very similar to was in Boston you yeah. your tours and your open ship and functions and yeah stuff. but a small bit scaled down okay yeah. uh which gave the crew a bit of time uh to unwind a bit more mm-hmm. um so but another point there that when we went in, uh, our lines party, so those that would uh, take the lines off us, were, uh, they were veterans. That yeah, were, longshoremen. Uh, longshoremen. They wanted to take the Irish ship alongside. So right, yeah. they, so lines, I mean, they're the ropes. that The ropes, yeah, 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 yeah what we call them lines. Yeah, yeah, so just, just the ropes that go out and, uh, and tie the ship up, the, the lads that took, us, uh, took the lines off us, they, they were requested. They, or they requested, could they do it for the Irish right. ship? Yeah, they yeah. wanted it to yeah. do it. So. And it meant the world to them. They were yeah, yeah. Oh, they yeah. were yeah. delighted. Yeah. 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 But it sounds like, I know you got a bit of rest there in Port and Maine. It's not as busy, but it sounds like everybody did everything. So it's not like you were just stuck in one job through the whole thing, like you rotated through the whole lot. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like you'd be, it, it was very funny the the variation of, of work that you'd be doing, like you know, because we'd be transiting up, and we all have uh, very different jobs when we're on the ship and we're underway and things like that. Like, and then you get into Portland, so you you've done your job getting in there, and next thing you just hit reset and you're starting again, like you know, meeting everybody, back into functions, back into tours, uh, back into talking and entertaining things like that. Like it really was a variety of stuff that we done every single day, like. So you have, like you have your task on the on when you're at Rotate Sea, but when you get there, everyone's mucking in, everyone's doing everything. Yeah, 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 yeah it's a ship's company. Yeah, it's, com- yeah, it's yeah. a ship's company's uh, gig. So again, Brian would tell you there, like the different roles he played. No, I think like from a guard of honor, um, we've what a guard of honor is. It's just um, kind of saluting mm-hmm. an ambassador or someone that's it's just respect for them yeah. um, and who they are as they come on the ship. As it? they come yeah. onto the ship, yeah. Um, so it goes all the way from a guard of honor. Um, to setting up the uh, awnings, which the awnings are like the marquees that we set up, to setting up the bar, um, still doing duty watch then on top of that as well. And it's a large variety. Yeah. Um, it was non-stop and it was non-stop going, but it, you didn't mind it. You enjoyed it more so than anything else. Like, because you were getting to see these new people, you were having a laugh with the lads then on, mm-hmm. on the ship then as well. It didn't feel like work. Yeah. It did, and that, that's, that's another great thing mm-hmm. that it, it brought out like it didn't feel like you were walking even doing the tours you were still able to say have the crack the other saying is have the crack with the people that you are bringing on the tour mm-hmm. be asking you a question and you'd have the rest of them laughing with you like they'd be asked uh what do you do here what do you do there it, it, it was more just like a general conversation like like us now like it was uh it was good now obviously you still have to have 
the respect that you are wearing the uniform and you are representing the flag. Like, um, but no, it sounds like you were great ambassadors and great representatives. So, so then in Port Lemaine, is Ranton, you were there five, six days again? or We were. We were there for five days. Um, a bit less functions, as we say, as yeah. to what was in Boston. Um, I managed the I managed the the GA team the over there. So there was a, there was a hurling match. Or there was a, a match in a hurling game. Hurling match, yeah. 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 Where uh, we played very well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so some people do love to take credit for managing yeah. the team. Uh, the man across the table there is one of them. Um, but we we had a brilliant day with uh, the Portland GA club. Um, uh, we played a hurling game against them in uh, in one of their pitches there in Portland and. Uh, we we I was on the way over. We were all on the way over on the ship, like, and um, the announcement was made. Anyone who has any interest in playing uh, for the ship's GA team, uh, please meet at this location or whatever. And um, we have a lot of people on board who who play GA, but then more who don't like. Um, but it was just funny because like a lot of the people who played that day don't normally play GA, but it was great to get people out and yeah, have a bit yeah. of fun. Um, but we had a great day. We got out there to the to the pitch. And uh, we were going through our warm thing. We had we had about twenty five players, I think, all in all. We brought over twenty well, jerseys. It was, it was and a good we crowd was all right. There was a good yeah, crowd. Yeah, it was so like the whole ship's company were kind of mucking in. Like, yeah, 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 absolutely. And even yeah. some even some who weren't playing came over to watch because uh, there was a big crowd there. Because um, from the function night like before, there was a lot of talk about this game that was happening the following day. So there was a big crowd there. The hype was up. Hype was yeah. up. Yeah, a, a big home support. And I uh, said, if I thought that crowd was there, I'd have sold tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, just before the game started because we had been over and back with the Portland GA club for a couple of weeks before and trying to organise and we thought we had every uh, I dotted and every T crossed but sure, we were just about to start the game and the next thing the two of us me and the Portland guy turned to each other and I was like where's the ref so there was no ref <laughs> <laughs> and uh, next thing I know we, we had to get a whistle out of somewhere I don't know where the whistle came out of and I had a jersey on me a navy jersey I had to take the jersey off put back on my own t-shirt and I went out and started uh, refing for the first third of the game Like so we took it in, in turns to ref so I went the first time and then two other fellas went for the next two times well the reason he went first was because he was dropped aside from having named the team myself <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no we had a brilliant day we had a really really good day I think in the end we won uh, we won quite comfortably. I think we we got something like three twenty one was what we scored, which was quite good score. Nice like, hockey um, score. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone's counting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I had no notebook. People say yeah. that I don't. I didn't blow the whistle near enough for fouls and things like that. It was because I couldn't do it because I was too busy trying to keep painting the score in my head. Um, but no, we, we had a brilliant day. It was really really fun. And uh, afterwards, uh, the Portland GA club. Uh, were very very kind to us. They presented us with a jersey nice. um, of the Portland GA thing and uh, of the the team itself, uh, which we got signed by all the members of the crew who played that day. And it's our plan now to get that uh, jersey framed and to hang it uh, on one of the alleyways in the ship, so that anyone who's passing through sees that and remembers that, or comes back to the story that we had that day out with them. Yeah. No. Then after that again, Portland GA. Uh, invited us uh, for a night in, in Portland town uh, with them and we had a great evening so there's great connections you have connections yeah. now loads in Boston and now these these ones in Portland Maine so and memories you'll probably never forget ah oh, no oh absolutely when, when yeah. we ever get this yeah. one around say we played a hurling match yeah. against yeah. an American yeah. team like you know what I mean it's, yeah. it was so crack like so it was great um, it, so then Portland that was five days Probably, the, but that was probably the highlight. Was it the match? It was, yeah, yeah. It was really, really good. I think everybody really, really enjoyed it, um, and it was great to get the win too, which yeah. which made everybody have a good feel good factor about yeah. it. Like, so then from there, is there any is there any kind of anything else that stands out for you in Portland, or did you move on then to uh, up to Canada? Was it? We went went to Canada yeah, then. Uh, yeah, Halifax yeah, yeah. after that. Yeah, so Halifax in Nova Scotia. It was about maybe three hundred miles away from. Portland so same as when we left uh, Boston to go to Portland we left at about maybe 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning 
and uh, went out to sea. And then the next morning at seven or eight o'clock, we were you on were. our way into Halifax. So then Halifax, then again, very similar to Boston you've, uh, and, and uh, Portland, Maine functions and uh, your tours uh, and kind of visiting the local city and kind of seeing the city or... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The only the only difference with uh, Halifax to the other two is that when we were arriving into Halifax, uh, Hurricane Fiona was forecasted to arrive right. uh, not long after us. So right. where we had our schedule fairly packed and that we were having a lot of functions and then to open for tours nearly every day of our time there, we actually had to cancel a few of our okay. functions later on the week that we were there because the hurricane swept in. Um, and I don't know if anyone has seen the news or anything like that, but when we were there, we were very acutely aware of it, mm. that uh, there was huge power shortages and uh, a lot of homes and things like that and trees and stuff uh, would have been knocked on the road and houses damaged and things like that. Like So when it came to that, we just said that we we just uh, battened down the hatches mm. and just and just wait out the storm. So you, you were based in, in the centre of the city, is it? Yeah. Yeah, and on one. So you were, you fairly, you were fairly sheltered or was it, was it rough enough? Or well, where we were based originally was right in the waterfront of uh, downtown Halifax mm. uh, in the city centre, which wasn't really that sheltered at all uh, owing to the, the geographical build up of the harbour so what we done was moved from there into the Canadian naval base that was okay. just up the river from okay. there and when the, when we were in there we had a lot more shelter Alright, and did you go visit the Canadian Navy when you were there? Or? Yeah, I think there was a crowd of us there that um, when they were down the Lions party they invited us over and we obviously invited them over f- um, for a tour of the James Joyce and yeah. then they invited us all I forget the name of the ship that we did get yeah. a tour on Um but yeah, we we got a, we got a good walk around. Even mm-hmm. like that it was a uh, how their setup compared to our setup. It's the, it's like our ships are like cruise ships compared to theirs. Like the comfort we have compared to the comfort that them lads have is the, the, it's outrageous. Like you know, so what I mean? we 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 actually stack well against uh, another navy. Yeah, we would. Yeah, yeah, yeah very we well. But yeah, yeah. It's, oh, also, it's, yeah. it's good to see how the other uh, another navy works as well. And yeah, and um, I, even there, like uh, we're all sitting around the table there, we're wearing the tricolor there on our shoulder. The amount of people that wanted. The yeah. tricolor. The way, the, the, they, the, they wanted the, the badge. badge. Yeah. yeah. Could I? Could you? Have, could I get that badge off? Yeah. And I'd give you whatever yeah. they were giving jackets and everything, everything. to us yeah. for the badge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So again, it shows there's a huge Irish connection the whole up all the three ports you went to. I actually oh, thought that yeah. when we went to Canada, that it wouldn't be as big a reception as it was in America, but I was wrong. Yeah. yeah. Loved us over there again. And you had the Irish ambassador down in Boston. Did you was the, the Irish ambassador in Canada? Did you yeah, we up? had uh, we had the ambassador down in Canada too in Halifax. Um, we had him there. See, when we arrived, uh, we were due to have the function with him on the Friday, but unfortunately, the hurricane Fiona was on its way in on the Friday, so we moved his function a day earlier, and he came down, and he he was very nice. He was very friendly, and was well able to talk to us. Very much a very people-oriented person yeah. and a very capable ambassador, and uh, we really had a good day with him. Excellent. So then, so you batten down the hatches, then Fiona obviously came through, and I'd even watching the news, there was plenty of damage. And So then, when that was kind of passed through, did you, you head home, or, or was it was that you kind of done? Uh, we, we Because of the, the hurricane, yeah. the oil refineries and stuff were right. closed down. Uh, well, not closed down fully, but uh, they were running late, and we got our fuel in okay. a day late. Um, so... Other than that, we, mm-hmm. everything went back to normal right. really after the hurricane, and we were we stayed an extra two days. Okay. We got to go back out again, so they got ashore again, and because there was no functions or anything on, again it was like what we would say an open game with come and go right. as you yeah, please. Yeah. Just once you reported back yeah. to the the QM when you came back, um, so they enjoyed it immensely. Everyone like those extra two days, as I said, was a, yeah. was a blessing. So then, six. Then how many days home? Then in six, seven days, it took you seven days over. Seven it days. Oh, it was okay. eight days getting there, and okay, then seven yeah. days home. So it sounds like an it sounds like an unbelievably um, momentous trip. Like it's 
you'll have memories that you'll, you'll remember for a lifetime, I can imagine. So is there anything then that, that stands out for you or uh, even sum up the trip for yourselves, your own kind of personal experience, anything that really stands out before we, before we wrap up? Yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was it was brilliant, like really and truly. Like it's very hard. Uh, I remember on the way home, uh, I was working on the 12 to 4 watch. So mm-hmm. as you can imagine, in the middle of the Atlantic at half two in the morning, kind of all kinds of conversations happening. And uh, LS, leading seaman Connor Pete was up on the bridge with me. And uh, we were just kind of talking about the trip itself, like, and uh, we're here telling all the, the positive stories, but people were working very, very hard. But he turned to me and he goes, uh, yeah, nobody's uh, ever really going to remember the the small little negatives that they that they had over there, but people will never forget the positives, like, mm-hmm. and there really was so many positives that we had over there. Like, every single day there was a laugh or there was a story or there was yeah, something yeah. coming out of it, like, and um, the big thing I'll take away from it is uh, it's just, it's just, the, the reception that we got from from the Irish communities over there like because it's it was just surreal like because normally we go around the place and we're in uh, Dublin and we're in Galway and we're in uh, a place like this Bantry and um, they're brilliant like and we love getting in there like but when we went across the Atlantic uh, and just saw what the what it meant to the community there it, it was really astonishing like and, and I'd recommend it to anyone uh, to put the name in for it yeah uh, for me the thing that stood out is um, first I would say Louis Walsh could come down and beca- set up a boy band because the amount of fellas that we had were that were great singers <laughs> on board. Uh, as I said, I've nearly in twenty years, and this would be one of the highlights right. of my career to date. Um, and what I enjoyed about it mostly was to see that every single person worked to help each other out, and they got their time off and they enjoyed their time off. They made memories that, are, as we said earlier, that will last a lifetime, and. In the Navy, I think, is the only place you're going to get those kind of memories um, where you have a small bit of freedom when you go out on these missions. Um, so for me, it stood out a big time. It's great to say to the lads, now you can tell the stories that I'm telling, Yeah, that yeah, I've yeah. been on these things before, <laughs> but now you're able to tell the stories. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Now you've been on them mm-hmm. and what you found from them. And uh, like anyone that leaves the Navy um, due to retirement or whatever the case is, they always have fond memories. And uh, as uh, the source said there a while ago, that um, you'll never remember the negatives. You'll always remember the positives. And that's what we, we hope, that everyone on board will remember all yeah. the positive sides of it. And, and what, what were your takeaways from the trip, Brian? My takeaways from the trip, where do I even start? Like For a young man, just 24, from Tala, to turn around and say, I wear the flag proudly. Yes, I do. Um, and to go on a foreign trip like that, it's... It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's a once in a lifetime thing. It's first time in America as well. Uh, what I found, I just thought the whole lot of it was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, even awesome. in even in saying that, I was a re-enlister. Mm-hmm. Um, even what the coxswain was saying there, James. Um, even the tightness of it, the memories that you make. Even while I left, the lads off the ship were still texting me. Mm-hmm. There's lads that were in my recruit class there that I'm with now. They were still texting me even while I left. And then even when I came back, it was a warm welcome. You know what I mean? And then even to share that moment with them from six months in recruits thinking, oh, we're getting butchered here every day. Now, it's not that bad, but you're still... Everyone knows what recruitment is. We all, we've all went through it, same as the sword there. He went through a cadetship. It's, it's tough enough, like, you know what I mean? Um, but to just look at each other across the way from a pub or even like that, and you're just thinking, like... Who would have thought now we would have ended up in Boston, Portland and Canada? Like probably many more trips to come, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so actually are, they, are these these are a regular thing, are they once, twice a year, every once every few years or 
Yeah, so there was a big push this year. Um, COVID-19 would have stopped a lot of these foreign deployments uh, from happening. But this year now they're starting to come back uh, and, and in the future now they'll be coming back stronger and stronger. A lot of the other ships would have done uh, at least one or some would have even done two uh, trips to a, a European city somewhere in the UK or somewhere in France or somewhere in Spain. Uh, one of the ships, uh, the Ellie Samuel Beckett, would have gone uh, to Lebanon um, to uh, to Beirut, I think it was, yeah, on, a, on, a, overseas, yeah. on a yeah. resupply mission. So that's something that's uh, looking to be coming back now. I think it's biannually is the, is the target for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of this, which the one that we just went on there, which would have been like the, the main event or the main trip to get, um, we talk here like it's kind of a once-off thing, but uh, in the future, all the indications are that uh, they're hoping to get one next year and then down the line then keep them coming um, because they're brilliant. Like And, and we, we keep getting feedback now all the time about how uh, happy the the people, the Irish communities are over there and how the foreign affairs are happy and how everyone else is happy. But what it means to us too is, is, is tenfold. Like, you know, it's brilliant. As you can see, the, the two lads and myself here are absolutely delighted to have gotten the opportunity to go. Um, and the fact now that it'll not just be us, it'll be everybody will get this opportunity at some point or another. So there's more coming down the lines. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, as we're up here talking, there's another ship getting ready to go to Newcastle. Yeah. Right. You yeah, know, yeah, so they're yeah. they're going to Newcastle uh, and I think they're over there for a couple of days as well. Yeah. yeah. So again... More it, adventure, yeah, more and more. Uh, yeah, yeah, and memories. It's yeah, all about memories, making yeah, memories. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, lads, that was absolutely excellent. Thanks so much for coming on. It was great to have you. Thank you, you very much for having us. It was brilliant. For information on how to join the Irish Naval Service hit the Apply Now button on our website, military.ie. The Irish Defence Force podcast is available on Spotify, Acast and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode was produced by Corporal Keith Harrison of the Defence Force's Audiovisual School. The Irish Defence Force podcast will be back soon with another episode. Until then, thanks for listening and stay safe.